to the computer. Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share my journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay-at-home mom life to help other women with their motherhood journeys so that they can make themselves a priority, let go, and not have to sacrifice. So if you're a regular listener to One of a Kind You, thank you so much for tuning into another episode. If you are new, thank you so much for stopping by to check it all out and see what we have to offer here. Um, usually I read a journal entry of mine and then I reflect on what I know now as a certified life coach and what I wish I had known then. But today you don't have to listen to me babble on a, by myself <laughs> because I have a lovely guest with me. Her name is Heather Rose and she um, is actually a fellow podcast mom and that's how we met. So I was actually on her podcast and said, oh my gosh, you have to come over to be on One of a Kind You. And she said, yes. So um, Heather is going to tell us more about herself, her children, um, her podcast, what she does as a working mom. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Kim. Yeah. Um, we had a really great conversation on my podcast. And so I'm excited for that episode to come out. But so... A little about me. I guess it really does start with my kids. I have um, I have two kids, an eight-year-old boy and a seven-year-old girl, and they are my Oh, they're world. so close. They are. Oh, they're 14 months apart. Woo! Almost yeah. Irish twins. Almost. <laughs> you know, being like having a five-month-old baby and then getting pregnant, I'm like, oh, okay, I guess we're just doing this. Like, all right, just right out the gate. Um, yeah, but that's was... good because you have two babies and then like, that's it. Like close together. And yeah. then, and then you're like, I guess you were done. So it was we like, were done. Like having <laughs> twins and you just, you knocked it all out quick and easy. It was perfect. Yeah. We were, yeah. It was so funny because when uh, my husband and I got married, he comes from a family of six. Oh, and wow. so, yeah. So he was like, I want like six kids. I'm like, uh, how about four? You know, that's like a shorter number or, and so once we had my son, we, uh, we were like, okay, maybe three. And then we have my daughter and we're like, nope. And we're done. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I've never like, I did not come. Well, I have lots of siblings, but they're step siblings, half siblings. And yeah. so I never was the the person who was like, yes, lots of kids. Like I, I have a friend when she would, when she only had one child, she was like, I want nine kids. Like I want my own baseball team. And then now she oh has two and she's like, Ooh, done. Um, but my, I thought like, Oh, you know, like two is good. One for each hand, but like, Oh, maybe if a third one happens. And then my mother-in-law said, cause my husband is the youngest of three. And she said, she always felt like she was juggling and there was always yeah. that one ball hanging in the air. And she always felt like she was going like this. Cause she didn't want to drop it. And then once she had that analogy, oh. I was like, and no <laughs> two <laughs> done. <laughs> Right. I think we're good. And, yeah. and we've got a boy and a girl. Like it just worked out well. And yeah, yeah it was, yeah, it worked out. Well. <laughs> but yeah, they're very close in age, but they're really good buddies. Um, and my, uh, my, so my plan was when we had these kids to um, stay at home and homeschool them. And that's like that both me and my husband were homeschooled when we were children and we loved it. And, you know, our moms were stay at home moms and they were just, you know, they were fantastic and, they schooled us and everything. And so I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do for our kids. And then uh -huh. it's, it's not as, it's like, I can do it, but it's yeah. definitely not where my heart is. Right. And I actually had a difficult time, um, like separating the mom and the teacher. Ah. And, and I didn't like that. I didn't like feeling like I couldn't just be their mom. Yeah. So 
See, it's and the also, opposite for me because I yeah. was the kindergarten teacher. And so when I yeah. left my teaching career, then I said, and I shared this with you, I was like, I'm going to homeschool my girls because I'm a teacher and I'm home with them and it's going to be lovely. And my older daughter, Lily, who was like five at the time, she was like, I don't want to be home with you. I want to go to school with my friends. And I was like, oh, rude, rude, gosh. But it was hard for me to do the opposite was to let the teacher role go and be the mom because I was in the teacher mode all day because yeah. I had 25 students in my class by myself all day with no assistance. So, and 25 kindergartners at that. So it was like having children, uh, students who are my children's age and coming home, it was very hard to turn the teacher brain off and put the mom brain on. But ironically, now that my <laughs> girls are older and they like actually get homeschooling, they're like, yeah, we think like we want to homeschool now. And I'm absolutely not. That ship has sailed. You had your chance. <laughs> you had your chance. <laughs> you rejected it. So no, off to school you go. Have fun, ladies. Right. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> I tried. You said no. Right. Um, no, that's so funny. Yeah. I and I like I said, I, I could do it and you know, and it was fun. Um but then my daughter was actually diagnosed autistic a few oh, years really? ago. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was a really hard thing to kind of wrap my brain around. Like I knew that there was something going on, but there was for a long time, I was just like, she's just strong-willed, you know, she's just got a hard head, all this, all this stuff. But then when she couldn't communicate and I couldn't teach her, like I literally couldn't, I couldn't get anything across to her. And so she needed so much more. She needed therapists and, you know, teachers who knew what they were dealing with and like a lot of tears and, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of like, oh my gosh, why is this happening to me um, later? But she is now in a great school and has great therapists and everything. But when she was younger, um, we didn't really have a good spot to put her in like the public school system. Mm -hmm. So we needed to pay for therapists and a private school. Yeah. Expensive. And so, so expensive. And I was like, oh my gosh, like we can't do this on just my husband's salary. So I need to start working. I need to do something. Um, which was weird. Cause I hadn't had a, like a job for like five, six years yeah. being a mom and like, and, the, and you know, and the last job I had was working at the dining hall at my college, you know, like it wasn't right. like I had ever had a career in anything. Like I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't really been in the workforce. Um, so did that I, feel overwhelming for you to have to um, like figure out what you were going to like, where, like, what were you going to do? Because like, almost like it's yeah. a blank slate. Like most women, when we have kids, we lose that career identity and we become, we have that, just that mom focused identity. And I don't think that ever changes even as our kiddos get mm -hmm. older. Um, but then to, to not have had a career and to have the mom identity and then have to shift out of that and into a career, like, were you like, um, I don't even know where to start or was it kind of like mixed emotions where like, I don't really know where to start. And this is overwhelming. We were like, oh my God, this is exciting too. Yes, exactly. Like it was, it was definitely overwhelming of a, I don't even know what, what kind of skills do I even have that I can, you know, I still, I still wanted to be home. Mm -hmm. I still wanted to be home for kids. And, you know, especially, I mean, it was the year, it was 2020 when oh. this all happened. Wow. Like yeah. 
In the midst yeah. of a pandemic on top of it all. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it was kind of bananas. And thankfully, the private school that they were going to go to for the next year, they were completely in person, you know, it was a very, very small school. So they could put a lot of things in place to make sure everybody was safe. Um, but like, it was, I was like, okay, so I do kind of have to stay home like there, I can't really go out and find a job right now. And so I found um, a virtual assistant course just on Instagram, like an Instagram ad or something. And it was just really? this goofy woman. Her name is Esther Inman. She's like, so she's so funny. She's so just like colorful and out there. And she was like, you can do this make so much money and all this stuff. And it was, I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, I can do that. And we got our stimulus check and I was like, I want to pay for this course so I can learn to build this business on my own. Yeah. And yeah and so she she taught everything about being a virtual assistant which is basically everything right yeah. like virtual assistants do anything that you need instead of a business so it's a very very broad uh skill set yes and but if you think about it it's things... like the perfect mom skill set because like as moms we do everything so we are scheduling everything. coordinators we are meal planners we are you know communications experts because we are communicating with teachers school staff, like other parents, like yeah. moms are like the ultimate virtual assistant. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. And it, it did, it just fit so well. And what it did is gave me this kind of base, right. For building a business, because I, I have since moved into podcasting instead of virtual assistant because she had different modules for different things. And one of the modules was for podcasting and she had us like editing episodes and telling us how to, you know, launch an episode, how to, you know, get it syndicated, all that stuff, which I like, I fell in love with audio editing. I just get really nerdy about it. And it's so much fun, so much so that now I'm editing and recording audiobooks. Like it's just a world that I absolutely love. Right. And I was like, I'm okay, glad well, that we have the connection because I'm writing a book. And so when I need it to become an audiobook, you're my girl. Yes, absolutely. No, I love it so much because I, so there were two parts of this, how I got into podcasting, right? Was that module and loving the, the audio editing. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. This is so much fun. But also the other part was me starting a business feeling like I have no idea what I'm doing. I, how can I possibly make this a success? And I started listening to podcasts. I started listening to um, Jenna Kutcher. Yes. The Gold Digger podcast. Oh, yes. gosh, I love I her so much. Too. Right. She's just fantastic. She's like, she's like almost that gold standard yes. for me when it comes to women entrepreneur podcasts, like just podcasts in general, honestly. Yes. Um, like I love that podcast. So much. She knows about so many different things. She knows everything. But see, that was that was the thing with her. She also started with like tons of different stuff. Yeah. And then she kind of and then she focused, but she also has all these other things that she knows. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, I can do that too. But I started to listen to her like episode one, which was like five years ago, right? That she put yeah. out. And I started to listen to episode one and I heard like her journey. And now she was having struggles and like all the different mindset things that she had to work through. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly how I feel. Yeah. This is like, I had so much imposter syndrome and all these terrible mindset blocks, but I could hear her working through it. And I knew where she was now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like she's, I mean, she's an incredible person, but I can do that too. Yeah. You know, like it was, it, 
and it was so personal. Like it sounds really silly. I say this all the time and I really hope Jenna finds these podcast interviews that I do because I'm talking about her all the time, but she felt like a friend. Yes. Because there's something about podcasting when you're just listening to somebody's voice, you, you really hear like their inflection and their laugh, how they sound when they're passionate about something is so different than actually looking at their face because Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like the voice is harder to, unless you're an actor, the right. voice is harder to like fake. Yeah. You know, like you can like, fake a um, smile. You can. It's like your voice is definitely a much more authentic expression of whatever you're experience or experiencing or thinking about or feeling in that moment. It's like you said, it's very hard to mask your voice yes. and to create, make it sound a certain way when it doesn't, when what you're trying to when it doesn't align, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I decided that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to help other people start that, start their own podcasts. And so I started the mamas at work podcast, mostly, honestly, mostly as a way to teach myself, like, okay, how does this actually look when you're a host, right? Like, how does, how does it work? So I can actually tell my clients, you know, well, these are the bumps you're going to have to go through, which I'm still learning. I mean, we're all still learning about this, right? But it became such a passion for me. And I love being able to tell other people's stories through it. And so that's kind of like where I am now. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, it's a drink. Cause I've been podcasting. It'll be two years in August. So, and I wow. feel like I'm still learning and I just am a one woman show. So I just do it by myself, which is why I don't edit because um, that's where you and I differ. Editing is not fun. That does not, that, when she's like, oh my God, I get all nerdy about it. And editing audio is so fun. I thought like, ugh. Well, like, <laughs> thinks it's fun because that's my worst nightmare come true. <laughs> that's fair. No, a lot, I like so many people. I mean, it is such a specific thing. So yeah. many people are like, oh, editing, gee whiz. <laughs> Yeah. And I think it's just because usually technology and I are not friends and like my husband's sitting over in the background and he will vouch that so often something on my computer or, you know, the cell phone or something is not working and I'm like clicking the button and it's still not working. And I scream, Pete, the computer's not working. And then he comes in and he hits the same button I hit and then it miraculously works. works. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? I just did that for the past 10 minutes. He's like, I don't know what to tell you. And so (laughs) he's like, did you? (laughs) Yeah, right. And so I think that's why edit, like the thought of even beginning to edit something is just like, no, I'm good. So when the dogs bark, I'm like, yep, that's Amazon's probably here. Sorry about that, guys, ladies, let's just. Oh, well. (laughs) Yep, here we are. And and it's an Amazon package day or UPS is here. So. But see, that's also the amazing thing about podcasts is that you like, I don't edit my podcast all that much either. Yeah. You know, I, I started to, and then it was just, it, I got too much in the weeds and it wasn't about the message. And mm-hmm. I want to really focus because I have these amazing, yeah, it's only an interview podcast. And so I have all these amazing women like yourself talking about their stories. And I want that to come across instead of just like, oh, how well edited that podcast is like, who cares how well edited it is. The editing comes when, you know, you're, when you're doing an audiobook stuff like that. Like I can, I can nerd out in editing with that, but with podcasts, is so much more about the realness. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny too, because you, you said it's like a process, it's a journey. And I think that's like everything in life. So like becoming a working mom, that was a process for you. That was a journey. And I'm sure it still continues to be a process and a journey (laughs) as your kiddos grow up, but even 
just being a mom is a process and a journey, um, you know, because we don't get instruction manuals um, or like life manuals to be a mom. And so just the same way that you figured out your business, we're often doing the same thing as moms. And so um, has there ever been a point in time where you've been on this journey of becoming a podcast manager and um, taking on this role of mompreneur where you felt like, oh, this is, this is tough and I don't think this is going to work and I got to figure out something else. Yes. Yeah. That was actually um, before that was actually more when I was a virtual assistant um, because there are so many aspects of virtual assistant that did not really align with what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And um, I was working for an agency when I first started. And so they would like get me clients, right? But the, the pay was really poor. Yes. And the hours were, not the hours. I mean, I could set my own hours, quote unquote, but like I had to be available a certain amount of hours, that kind of thing. So it was so stressful. I kind of joke every Thursday was my like breakdown day. <laughs> like at, literally on like clockwork every week on Thursday, I would just break down into tears my I husband's like, about oh, Thursday. I don't know. I think it was just, you know, Monday. I'm like, okay, I got this. I can do this. Tuesday, you're kind of coasting. Wednesday is like, oh, I'm halfway through. Then Thursday, I would just fall. I would just like, it was, it was rough. It was every single Thursday. And so I finally like got up enough self-confidence to get out of that agency and it like, go out and find my own clients, mm -hmm. which, you know, I did, like, I went to a, um, kind of a business building conference. I found all my new clients there. Like they were all just there waiting for me basically, wow. but I had to have that confidence to actually go out and do it. Yeah. But it was that, oh man, it was that, it was the, yeah. December of 2020 was when I was just like, oh my gosh, like this, I can't keep going like this. I was so stressed out. I was barely making enough money for it to be worth it. Mm -hmm. And I had also taken a job as um, a receptionist at a, like a really, really part-time job as a receptionist in, in my hometown. And like, so it was just constant struggle. And yeah. That's a lot so to manage was, as a receptionist in like in the, another business, you're now having to leave the house, which is what you said you yes. didn't want to do. And you're still have to like, still needing to find the time to service the clients that you have. And so it's like, you know, as moms, we already wear a ton of hats and then to add on those extra hats. And sometimes it's like the weight of the hats is crushing and you're like, <laughs> you're like, uh, I don't think I can walk because, you know, the hats are wobbling and you're like, oh gosh, it's like the, the yeah. game topple or whatever, like one, and then they all go. Yep. Yeah. So that was, that was rough, but I, I found those new clients. I decided that I was going to go more into podcasting, but they, they were all there at a good time because they were virtual assistant clients. And I was like, I, I need to like build up more of my knowledge, more of my confidence before I go into podcasting. But are you okay with me being your assistant for now? And they're all like, yeah, sure. I just need an assistant, like go for it. Um, and so that was a really good experience. I have now kind of like extricated myself from most of them. Mm -hmm. Um, there are a couple that I'm going to keep just cause they're, they're just great people. And yeah. one of them is a nonprofit that works with deaf children. And it's just like, oh, um, nice. or blind children. Sorry. I always, I always switch it. It's blind children. Gee whiz. But like, it's, 
there are, you know, there are certain things that I will, I will still stick with, but getting this podcasting thing going has been, um, really exciting for me, but yeah, you're talking about like how, you know, figuring out how this works. Cause it's a journey, right? Like we're, this is going to, you know, air possibly in July. It's going to be summer. I have just this week, um, informed all of my clients that I will not be working on Fridays and Tuesdays because I want to spend time with my kids because I know if I didn't make myself not work on certain days, I would work the entire summer yeah, and I would just lose that time with them. But that is something like last summer, I didn't have as much work as I do now, but last summer I kind of did that and I kind of just missed things. I didn't see them all day. Like I was just holed up here in my, in my, this is my bedroom. That's why I have this backdrop. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, I was just holed up in here and I never saw them. And I'm like, okay, well, this has to look different because I can't have my kids on summer break and they never see me. Yes. Like that's just, that's not why I did this. Yeah. And we, I think we sometimes forget that yeah. we are entrepreneurs. We set our own hours and we decide how much we work. Yeah. Like we forget that. <laughs> so yes. you have to, I have to force myself. <laughs> Guilty of that as well. Yeah. And so same boat. So your kiddos are done school before mine. So this, this is my girl's last week of school next week. Um, so the last week of May next week, they have, um, off for Monday and Tuesday. And then Casey has her little award ceremony. It's a 10 AM dismissal. Then Lily <laughs> has her award ceremony Thursday with a 10 AM dismissal. And then summer officially starts. So uh, same thing I said to them, and they're not really willing to go to many camps this summer. And so before the pandemic, it was great. They were in summer camp. So that gave me a specific time to do what I needed to do for my yeah. business, for the house things like, and then they were done at camp and then I picked them up and then we had the afternoon. Um, but then the pandemic hit and they're like, yeah, we're not really feeling camp. And I'm like, oh, because you two got so spoiled with having to not get up early, not getting dressed if you didn't want to. And like basically just running the show. So, um, yep. yeah. So now trying to flip the switch on that and get them back in camp has been um, a little bit of a challenge, especially because Lily's 12 now and a lot of summer camps are like day camps are, are done at 12. And so then it becomes right. overnight camp. And we're not quite ready to send her away for overnight camp yet. Yeah. But um, so I said to them this weekend, we need to sort of map out our summer girls. So that way I can plug in the days that I'm going to get my work done, but also make sure that we have plenty of time to go do, because Lily created a summer bucket list that literally is four pages long. I think it legit has 150 <laughs> items on it. And I'm like, you do realize that we only have June, July, and August to accomplish this bucket list. <laughs> and barely that, like we start mid August, you know, you don't have that much time. <laughs> right. So, um, she's like, yeah, I know. So, but it's the truth. And I, and it was this way before I became, um, an entrepreneur when I was just simply a stay at home mom. Um, I shouldn't say just simply, but cause I did teach part-time at a local college, but again, I would do most of that work at night once the kids were embedded, but it was still like during the day, I was filling the day with all this stuff that didn't really, and then I didn't, we didn't have anything to show for our days. And so then I felt awful about that because I was like, we just wasted the summer because I didn't allow time for them yeah. doing the things that I really wanted to do. I said yes to all the other things. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, that's, and that's, I don't want that to happen anymore, but it has to, you know, it's, 
it's hard to figure out like where that balance should be because you know i I'm trying to figure out for my year, right? I'm like, this is yeah. something I'm going to be doing for a long time. I'm going to be an entrepreneur basically the rest of my life. Like that, right. I'm good with that. I'm excited about that. But like, I need to figure out how that looks and how it works for my family. And yeah. so I'm like, okay, just gotta start. I mean, giving that, telling my clients, okay, I'm not working Fridays and most Tuesdays, my brain, my heart was just a little bit like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, am I going to get everything done? Are they going to freak out on me? And they're like, no, I mean, it's summer. Spend time with your family. Of course, they don't like, they don't care. They're like, sure, yeah. as long as you get, you get the work done, nobody cares. Right. But I think that's a great point is like, we put so much pressure on ourselves to get everything done for everyone else. And then at the end of the day, we're, you know, we're sacrificing ourselves almost like the martyr. And it's like, no one expects yeah. that of us, but we expect that of ourselves. Yeah. And I know stay at home moms, it's the same way you know, the martyr thing kicks in. It's like, I have to do everything for everyone. And we don't at that point even ask for help. Um, yeah. Just a couple of weeks ago, my husband was like, I think you need to be a bit more selfish. And I was like, well, that's easy for you to say because you're the dad. It's hard for moms oh. to be selfish. It is. It is. Because every, every time you do something for yourself, you feel guilt. Yeah. Like it's, it's almost an immediate reaction. And it's, you know, it's not that we can't work on that, but it's, and I have, you know, I've like tried, <laughs> tried so much to put like self-care into my, yes. my week, into my day and not even self-care, but like actually work on my business right. or just work on me. Like any of those things that I need to do that isn't specifically for somebody else. Yeah. I feel guilt. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I just chatted, um, with two moms yesterday and their podcast is moms with attitude. And we touched a little bit on mom guilt because they're both working moms. And, mm -hmm. um, but her, the one mom, her name is Beth and her guilt is around taking vacation without her kids. So, um, we, she said, you know, cause like funerals don't count for date night. And I was like, hold on, Beth. I'm sorry. Did you say funerals are the new date night for you? Because that was like the only time that she and her husband were having time alone without the kids is like if they were driving to a funeral, because she said, unfortunately, a few, they've had a lot of funerals in the past mm -hmm. two years, and they've had to be places where they've traveled to another state. So it's been like a two day car ride to get to and from the funeral. And that she was like, and that was like becoming our, our date night. I'm like, okay, it's time to let go of the guilt girlfriend. You have got to take time. Um, but it was funny because her best friend, Chelsea was like, I don't have mom guilt about going out with my girlfriends. She was like, and I tell my husband, you know, it's her partner. They're not married, but she was like, I tell him, Oh, yep. Go ahead. She was like, cause in three days I'm going to tell you I'm going. So it was yeah. funny to the, the different perspectives, but I used to have mom guilt too, about going out with my girlfriends about even just going by myself to yoga. I was having mom mm -hmm. guilt, but I had to let it go because um, we're teaching our kids how to, that self-care is okay, that putting ourselves first is okay. And that they're not like, we can't always be everything for everyone there because we're a human too. And we're an individual. Yeah. So like, we need that time just as much as they do. Yeah. Well, and I think it's important for them to see us as a full person yes. outside of what other people need from us. Yes. And that starts with us seeing ourselves that way, because it's, it's really, it's hard to see myself not in relation to anybody else. Yes. But just as a person. <laughs> yes. 
And I'm telling you that struggle is real because when I left my teaching career, well, when we lived in New, we lived in New Hampshire and then we moved back to Delaware um, for my husband's job. And so when we moved back to Delaware, I left this in the middle of the school year. So I left the school year in like the end of January. So at that point, coming back home, um, I didn't have a Delaware teaching license and it was in the middle of the school year. So there were no teaching positions available. Um, it was just sub substitute positions. And I was like, I am not subbing because I'm used to having my own classroom. Like I am not subbing. And so yeah. my girls were home because then I was like, it's not even worth me getting paid to be a substitute teacher. Like that's not even going to cover daycare for both of my, well, at that time I only had Lily and she was a baby, but I was like, it's just not worth it. And then I started keeping my brother's two kids, but I would literally start to feel like the walls were closing in as soon as my husband would leave for work. Cause I had my two nieces and, um, Riley at the time was like, I guess four. And so she was right. She wasn't in kindergarten yet. And then I had, um, her little sister Mackenzie, who's five months younger than my Lily. So I basically had a set of <sighs> twins and a four-year-old like right. by myself all day. And I didn't talk to other humans for the, like other adult humans for the entire day. I literally talked to one-year-olds and a four-year-old all day. Oh my God. My husband worked crazy. So by the time he got home, he was exhausted and it was just like this weird existence. So I felt so desperate to get a job and to like get out. So that way I could feel like more than it sounds awful, but like more than just a mom. Yeah, no, it's not more awful. Than just a babysitter. Like, because we're, I needed to be like, foster all of me, not just like that one mom piece of me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to do. Yeah. It's hard to get out of that mindset because it is so all encompassing. I mean, you know, when your babies are babies, yes, your life kind of needs to revolve around them because you need to keep them alive. Right. Right. <laughs> but they start to grow up. They start to become their own people and you can't, you can't revolve your your life around them anymore. Right. Like you, you have to start to focus on, on something else. Yeah. And it's, it, it should be yourself because you need to, you need to foster your relationship with yourself again and know like who you are as a person. And that will, and that will make all the relationships in your life better with your, with your children, with your husband, with your work. Like yes. if, yeah, if you can work on yourself, then all of that will, will just get better. I know that sounds so like, <laughs> oh, it'll just get better once you figure that out. Right. You don't figure it out. You're always like, go. you're always going through it. Yes. Nobody yeah. has it all figured out. We're all, <laughs> none of us know what we're doing. <laughs> right, right. It's, it's a constant journey. And I think that that's the part of it is just allowing yourself the space to try and figure it out or to just say like, okay, this isn't quite right. And so let me pivot. Let me make a change because that's it that's been the other struggle. So leaving mm. my teaching career, I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, I, I'm going to be a teacher. And the plan was like, for me in my own mind, I was like, I am just going to be a year. I'm just going to take a year off. It's just gonna be like a little year long sabbatical so I can get unburnt out. And then I'll go back to being a teacher and that burnout phase still is there. So it's like yeah. that life, that chapter of life has closed because now I just teach in other ways. That's not um, restricted to an elementary school classroom. But so then I was like, oh, I think, you know, I'll just, I'm happy to sub at my girl's school. And I did that for a while. And I was like, yeah, nope, that's not it. And then, and I was still teaching at the university. And I was like, no, that's not it. And then I am a dog trainer. And I'm like, yeah, I think I like doing, you know, dog obedience with my own dogs better than helping other people with their dogs. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, it was just, and it was more of like, it was a Saturday morning. So then like my whole Saturday was eaten up because by the time I drove to obedience, did the class, drove home, it impacted what we could do together as a family. But don't yeah. get me wrong, I love training the dog. So when I go back and help out with the, with the class, I'm like, oh, this is fun because I'm like the dog auntie and I get to love all of the dogs and get them all riled up and then give them back to their owner and be like, <laughs> okay, now teach them how to sit. <laughs> teach them how to come. <laughs> good luck. Uh, good luck with that. So, um, but it was like this constant evolution and there's times, even now as an entrepreneur, as a life coach, I'm like, hard. I don't know how long I'm going to do this, but I love it so much that I'm like, I'll keep doing it because yep. it allows me to be that whole person and be available for my kids. And it helps me to be a better mom, a better wife, a better person in general. So it's like just yep. giving yourself this space to just be willing to try something and figuring out. And if it doesn't work or it doesn't feel quite right, that's okay too. And not beating yourself up for it. Yeah. Well, and I think there's so much freedom in having that entrepreneurial life because you can adjust I was a virtual assistant. It was driving me bananas. And so now I'm going into podcasting. Like it's, you know, you can shift, you know, they like people tell you, you have to focus in on what you're going to do. Sure. Yeah. Because you need to know if you like that or not. Right. You know, what if you get into something that you focused on, like, you know, the kids that go to college and get a degree and they're like, actually, I hate this. Yeah. You know, you, you dive into something and you're like, actually, this isn't for me. Adjust. Like yes. you can, you can change. And like it will be okay, you know, it'll be stressful and you'll feel like you'll, you're will you never getting anywhere, but you will, but you have to like, but you have to know yourself. Yeah. You have to pay attention to yourself because you're not going to know when you're burning out unless you're paying attention. Right. And that was the thing. Like I totally, I mean, I knew as a teacher I was burning out, but I was in such denial about it because that was all I ever wanted to be was a teacher. And it wasn't until my husband was like, okay, I'm just going to say this, but you're not going back next year. And I was like, oh, <laughs> nice. What? Like, what am I supposed to do? What? Yes, I am. But he was like, no, no, you're not <laughs> because you're miserable and it's making all of us miserable. So the answer is no, you will have to find something else or you will have to find a different school to go to. And putting in my notice, I it was like ugly face crying, like snotting oh. all over. It was, it was really pathetic looking back on it now, how I like was sobbing to the principal handing in my resignation letter. Um, but honestly, like having this space to just breathe was amazing. Cause when I was constantly in the thick of it, I didn't have any room to breathe none. Yeah. It was so suffocating. And with that space to breathe, I mean, it wasn't easy breathing for sure. And not great thoughts were coming up because I felt like a loser. I felt like a failure. I felt defeated. I felt hopeless and really like thoughts about life were popping into my head that were not good, healthy thoughts. So then I went to talk to a therapist, but, and that put me on the journey of where I am today. So if I hadn't given myself the space to be like, okay, I'm going to listen to you, Pete, and I'm not going back. Cause in my heart, I knew he was right. I just needed him to hold that mirror up in my face and be like, take a good hard look girlfriend that mm -hmm. this is not working. Um, yeah. it, it's actually been such a blessing to just have that space. Um, because I know if I had stayed my marriage probably would have ended because he would have not wanted to put up with my miserable self anymore. Mm -hmm. And I would have been the miserable, angry teacher that just screamed at kids all day. Like I would have been, you don't want that. No, no one wants that. I've been like the nurse ratchet of teachers. Oh no. <laughs> oh. So yeah. So it's just, it's about just like allowing to come what needs to come. Yep.
and being okay with it. Yep. Yeah. And tuning into yourself and realizing it's what affects you and what doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So is there, so when you have to like tap in and tune into Heather, do you journal? Do you meditate? Like, what do you do to tap in? Both of those actually. I journal, I journal, I, <laughs> when I'm, you know, really on top of things, I try to journal twice a day in the morning. I'll do a, a Bible study. Cause um, I am a Christian and like, because I, I want to start my day off, right? Like I want to be like, okay, what are my intentions for today? Yeah. Um, all of that. And then in the evening, I will journal just about like, what am I feeling? What was I going through today? A lot of times it'll be like, today was a rough day, you know, and you just need a vent, but just the act of writing it down and kind of getting it out there because a lot of times I bottle stuff up, you know, you yeah. just like, okay, today was a rough day, but I just got to get through it. No, just write it down. You don't have to vent to anybody. You can, if you have somebody that you trust, it's, it's a great, um, it's a great way to get it out, but journaling helps so much. But, um, when I do my morning, morning, my morning journaling, Say it back um, fast. Yeah, right? Such a mouthful. <laughs> uh, when I do my morning journaling, I will, um, before I start to write, I will do uh, about a five to 10 minute meditation mm -hmm. to just, just to like, even if my kids are around, like I have these, you know, Bluetooth headphones that can really block sound out pretty well. And I will just listen to that. I have a meditation app that does that. Like it has like sounds of waves and everything. It's just really soothing. And I'll just, you know, I'll just be like, okay, try to clear your mind, but also don't, I don't like, um, oh my gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't censor what's coming into my head, mm -hmm. you know, just like, okay, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm getting ready for today. If it starts to like get to a checklist, then I'll try to bring it back because I'm like, okay, I can think about that when I'm done meditating. Yes. <laughs> um, but it's like just setting that intention and then journaling. It helps so much because it gets stuff out of your brain that could be um, just background noise when you're going through your day, when you're trying to, to, when you're trying to tap into how you feel, you still have that background noise because you didn't give it anywhere to go. Yeah. And so that, you know, getting it out on paper, letting yourself, you know, feel what you're feeling, you know, just, just let the thoughts come, let them go. It's all right. Just having those practices. And I, I'm a huge believer in daily practice of yeah. stuff like that. Like yeah. it, you know, I've, I've done it where, you know, I'll do it for like a week and I'm really good about it. And then I'll stop for a month and I'm like, oh, well, that obviously didn't do anything. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> you gotta keep going. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not like you can, you know, just do something really good for yourself for a week and expect it to last you for a year. Like right. it can't, you can't really do that. You can't sustain that. And so having that daily practice and making it a habit is what, is what helps me. Yeah. So, um, so I also do meditation and journaling. And so, um, I always do them first thing in the, in the morning. So, um, with journaling, it's more of like a gratitude journal. So I'll start my day with that. And then if I, some days I feel, I try to do it every day. Sometimes it's just like a brain dump of like what's on my mind. Um, but then other days I'll try and do like more of a, like, what am I thinking for the future kind of thing? Or 
you know, reflecting like what I felt like didn't go great the day before and how I'm going to take that knowledge and move forward with it. So mm -hmm. it just, it's not very, um, when I journal, I'll say it's not very scripted or predicted. Like, it's not like, okay, every Monday I journal about this every Tuesday I journal about this, right? Like, yeah. I do start my day every day with meditation and journaling, a uh, gratitude journaling, sometimes like, like a regular journal. Um, and then I also read a, like a devotional from the lady who wrote all about codependency. She has, um, a book of depo of devotional verses and some of them have also like more of a Christian undertone to them. And then some are more of just like an empowerment or like an inspirational undertone. And yeah. um, so, but starting my day with those things, I feel like it gets me centered. So that way, if there is a challenge or an obstacle that comes forward, it's easier to move through it. It's easier to be like, okay, you're centered for the day. You know what your intentions are for the day, the goals for the day. And so you, here's the tools that you have to get through it. And I feel like the more I do it, the more I stay tuned in and tapped into mm. what it is that I'm trying to accomplish, not just for myself or for my business, but for my family and my kids. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But I'll tell you when I first, like in the thick of the struggle, with like just leaving my teaching career and adjusting to stay at home mom life and all of that stuff. Um, again, there was that guilt there. I did not, it takes five minutes, 10 minutes. And I could not give myself that five to 10 minutes. I felt so guilty. It was like, no, I have to get up. I wasn't even getting myself dressed. I was like staying in PJs or yeah. like sweats and a t-shirt and like was so focused on getting the girls fed and getting them dressed and making sure that their day was off to a great start. But then I felt frazzled and overwhelmed <laughs> <laughs> that didn't make for a helpful mom. So then I was angry and tired and resentful. So I had to realize that if I'm not getting myself ready first, then I can't really focus on them for the rest of the day. Cause then I feel like I'm always playing catch up. So it was like, I had to change. And I just, I had to start just like two minute meditations and then build up to five minute meditation, then 10 minute meditation. And then I was more about journaling at night. So I was starting the day with meditating and then I was journaling at night. And then it got to the point where I could, I felt comfortable enough and I was good and like good at making time for both things in the morning, but it was starting small. Cause I knew that if I tried to do too much at once, it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. You can't sustain that because if you haven't made room for one small thing, you can't make room for a bunch of little things that add up to a big thing. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think that your journey is amazing. <laughs> Thank I you. think it's awesome that you were willing to just be like, okay, something's got to give it's, and I'm going to pivot. I'm going to figure it out and just being willing to go like buckle up and go for the ride and yeah. just saying like, whatever is going to come is going to come. And that's what's meant for me. And, and this journey I think is great. And really giving yourself permission to do it to have the confidence to take the leap and then to have the confidence to pivot when you knew that the, what you had picked first wasn't really quite right. Yeah. Well, and, and for your listeners, like it's not easy, you no. know, it's like, that doesn't come easily to most everyone though, that confidence, that <clears throat> decision, you know, making those decisions, it doesn't come easy, but you have to start it somewhere and it, it will get easier. And just yeah like we like we've been talking about this whole time 
make time for yourself so you can pay attention to how you're feeling and those decisions will be easier because you'll know that they're that they are right for you yeah and so this is like such a like this is a super simple example but when um I left work. I was so used to wearing work clothes. So like, I didn't really, I felt like I really didn't have weekend clothes um, because it was like jeans and a t-shirt, you know, if we would go out on the weekend or like a summer dress or something like that. But I just didn't like leaving work. It was always like dress pants, like cute work dresses, like cute work shoes. But then um, on the weekends, I just always felt like a disheveled mess. And one time we were at the (laughs) store and I was, I think I was buying a shirt or something. And, um, my husband came strolling up with the girls, both girls in the stroller. And I had really long hair at the time, like yours, Heather. Yeah. And, um, if you're listening on as a podcast and not watching on YouTube, Heather's hair is like to the middle of her back. It's It's really long. (laughs) It's really long. And my hair used to be really long like that. And I used to have glasses. And, um, so I like had just like a plain long sleeve t-shirt on, like not fashionable jeans, like like mom sneakers, like old lady. Yeah. Like totally. And the girl checking me out was probably like 20. So she was a good 10 to 15 years younger than me. And so she saw my husband walk up and I said, Oh, Pete, I'm almost done checking out. And she was like, who's that? I said, that's my husband. And she's like, Oh, I would have never guessed because you look like you should be on wall street. And he looks like he should be in college. I was mortified. I thought I was going to throw up all over the floor. So that was one of the things when I was in therapy, like, I think I was in therapy at the time. I cried in the therapist's office because of that. I was like, I look old. I looked washed up, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I was like, but I don't, I didn't even know, like, I couldn't even decide what clothes to wear. to not feel that way. And so it was just overwhelming because I felt like I had to create a whole new wardrobe going from workwear five days a week and sweats on the weekend to like casual wear. And so she was like, just pick one garment, one Mm -hmm. type of garment that you want to wear that you feel like make you look like a fun young mom. And I chose ripped up jeans. And that was like such a stretch because like growing up, my grandmother would take me clothes shopping for Christmas and birthdays and stuff. And I would want ripped up jeans. And she was like, we're not paying for jeans that are already ripped up. Like that's right. We're not doing that. What have they been used for five years? (laughs) Right, right, right. So, um, so I was like, okay, so out of my comfort zone, but I'm going to do like, I'm going to get one pair of ripped up jeans and I'll still wear them with my ratty t-shirts, but I'm going to get one pair of jeans and see how I feel. And it was those small things like, you know, starting small, it was like that one small thing to make that kind of decision was literally where I had to start because if I tried to do anything more than that, it felt way too overwhelming, way too overwhelming. So just start with one small decision to help build your confidence to show that you a can make the decision. And even if it doesn't work the first time, you can always pivot and change, but just start small with making decisions to gain that confidence. Yeah, absolutely. It just takes those, it takes those little things, but it is, you know, think about those moments like you had in the grocery store. Think about those moments that made you kind of break. Yeah. And what's one small thing that would have made that moment a little better? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I love that it's ripped up jeans. I bet you look so cute in ripped up jeans. (laughs) 
<laughs> and now, ironically enough, I don't even think I have a pair of ripped up jeans. Um, it's just what you needed at that moment. It's just what I needed at that moment. Not that I'm opposed to ripped up jeans. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so what I really should have done is been like actually teach the girl like a 20 something that it's not polite to tell a woman regardless of her age that she looks like she's old enough to be on Wall Street. <laughs> right? Like, no, <laughs> no. And that her husband looks too young for her. Like, no, right. no, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And ironically, my husband is six months older. So I'm like, if anything, and here's the funny part was that I had jeans and sneakers and a long sleeve t-shirt on with my hair pulled up. He was in track pants and a t-shirt too. So it wasn't even like he was dressed to the nines. Like he yeah. looked even more casual than I did. But yeah. I was like, wow, that's great. Thanks so much, cashier. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. so that's like that's a silly example but also it's yeah. like super relevant because it's like literally just start small with because trying to make too many decisions feels overwhelming so just starting with one small decision um and a decision for yourself not yeah. for something else or someone else but a decision for yourself yeah 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 love it for me it's a tiny bit of makeup yeah. i didn't wear makeup for like eight years Right. Mazel and then I started to, get, yeah. And then I started to get on these zoom calls and it's fine. Like my, my face is clean and like all that. Yeah, I'm like, so I'm very skin. grateful. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm grateful for that time that, you know, I didn't wear makeup for a long time, but now, and so I was like, Oh, I just don't want to wear makeup. It takes too much time. But I found this one little thing, you know, a couple things that work, you know, it's just a little bit of mascara just to make my eyes look a little bit bigger, you yeah. know, give me a little bit of blush. Like it's just a little bit, it takes me two minutes. Cause during those eight years, I'm like, I just don't have the time. I do have the time for two minutes of yes. makeup. And then my, I, I feel good about my face. I'm not putting tons of stuff on it because I just, you know, I don't roll that way. I don't have any issues with it. I just, I have no idea what I would do with like foundation, but, um, <laughs> like, well, it's now if you want to learn foundation, just go to TikTok, Heather, because there are oh, tons yeah. of makeup application videos on TikTok. You could get lost for days. I love watching tutorials. the ones. Yeah. I love watching the ones where they like have found, and they just like pour it on their face. And it's like dripping down. They're just like smearing it everywhere. It always cracks me up. I'm like, you right? guys look amazing. You're doing so good. I love it. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, how does their skin, like, how do they not just have like a face full of acne with all that I makeup? Know. I, know. I guess that's the young you, person's skin. <laughs> yeah, it is. Not mom's skin. <laughs> no. Oh, man. oh my gosh. Yeah. It's been so lovely chatting. I feel like Me we could too. chat for years and years and years. We really could. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll have to like, I'll have to have you on again as you continue yep. on your podcast journey and your audiobook editing journey. So you can keep us filled in. Um, yeah. It's been lovely. So if you have found this episode helpful, um, please feel free to share it with a friend because the more the merrier. And if you'd be so kind to leave a review, it would be greatly appreciated because I take the time to read all the reviews to ensure that this podcast continues to be a place of support and guidance and really a one-stop one stop resource because let's face it, us moms have to stick together. So thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next week.